Welcome to this week's edition of the Run Talk SA podcast. I'm David Katz, Mr. Active, and I'm very delighted uh, to welcome someone onto the podcast today who's a former South African record holder in the 400 meters, his personal best time, 44.59. He was the first South African to break the 45-second barrier in the 400 meters, and he also held the national championship uh, four consecutive times between 1996 and 1999 in the 400. It's none other than Arno Malhaba. You still know the name. We used to see him running back in the 90s at all these world championships, but we now hear his voice on commentary. Arno, thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks, David. Arno, let's get straight to it. I, I bumped into you last at the Comrades Marathon this year. I, I really want to look at athletes and sort of a bit into sprinting, but Comrades, what a Comrades it was in 2015 to have a South African double and one two in the women's race. It, it, there was some phenomenal running by our athletes. Yeah, I think you used the word there that I was going to use. Absolutely phenomenal. Um, you know, Caroline Wasman completely stealing the show. Gift Kalehe obviously ran well in the men's race, but I think. This comrade was all about Caroline, um, just the way she ran it and, and the emphatic victory that she had over the Nurgalievas. And also great to see Sinead Bossman come in. I mean, it's, you know, after a lot of years of looking at the woman and saying, when's our next strong long-distance ultra woman coming through? All of a sudden, we've got a really good crop, and, and the hope is that they can push each other over the next couple of years. Uh, sure, and obviously, you know, kudos to their coach, Lindsay Perry. He must be doing something right, you know, getting the top two women in there. And uh, Shawnee, it was, you know, Caroline maybe not been as much of a surprise after her victory at Two Oceans. Shawnee coming through for second was definitely a surprise. So she also did really well, you know. But again, you know, Caroline, 28 minutes or something ahead of Shawnee, which, uh, which just shows that she was in a class of her own this year. Well, she really was. And the fastest time to remind people out of anyone on that course from the top of Polly Shorts to the finish. Phenomenal a run it was. Indeed, we've mentioned that. You talked a little bit about Lindsay Perry. He is one of our podcasters, uh, the Ask Coach Perry podcast. You can uh, go to the website and check out more from Lindsay and send your questions in. He, he does have a winning formula, not just for professionals, but also for everybody who goes out and runs comrades. But getting back to you, Arno, all of a sudden, you know, there's a little bit of a lean spell looking at South Africans sprinting on the track. And, and just in the last couple of years, there's been a little bit of a revival and none other than Wade Finikirk. He went out in Paris on Saturday in a Diamond League event and set not only a South African uh, record, but an African record in, in your event, the 400 meters. Mm-hmm. He ran 43.96, I think they rounded it down to. Yeah. And the man he beat, of course, was Karani James, the Olympic champion of Grenada, and the man who beat him into the silver medal at the 2014 Commonwealth Games. That was also a phenomenal run. Yeah, that was historic. I mean, uh, you mentioned that I was the first South African under 45 seconds. Now Wade's the first South African and African under 44 seconds. So I guess he's writing me out of the record books completely. Um, in fact, I mentioned to Matthew Quinn, um, my name is a 100-meter sprinter from the time I was running, that all our records, Matthew held the 100-meter student record, that got beaten by Connie Sambine this year. And all our records from the late 90s uh, around there is now suddenly falling. So there's, it took 15 years, but there's a massively talented crop of sprinters coming through now um, with Sambine, Henrico Brankis, who took the 100-meter record as well yesterday, um, Wade Finikirk, and then Anaso Jobodwana. But getting back to Wade, I mean, just, just his run, David Verberg, who finished third in that race, just to um, let people know, he actually beat LeSean Merritt who was the favorite American. So you had the fastest American in that race. You obviously had Kirani James, the world and Olympic champion in the race. And Wade just managed to, to run away from both of them. So it, it was, you know, historic. Everything he's done there, it, it was just amazing. And 
the turn of speed that he showed around that second bend and into the straight was something that I hadn't seen before. Also the 400 on the international scene, I think for a little bit of time, it almost seemed to just fall behind. There's been so much hype with the 100 and the 200 and with uh, Usain Bolt, but all of a sudden, not only Wade, we really have such a strong crop of 400 meter runners and, and it showed just the day after Wade broke his the record, his own African record was beaten. Isaac uh, Makala in Switzerland went and ran a 43.72. The guys in the 400, not only just in Africa, are really pushing each other. Yeah, Makwala is, is interesting. That 43.72 makes him the fifth fastest athlete of all time. Um, and, and I was actually tweeting after Wade's run, only three countries in the world have ever produced sub-44 um, second athletes, which was the USA, Grenada with Kirani James, and then, of course, South Africa with Wade Fanika. Now, you can add Botswana to that list um, with, with Isaac Makwala. But Makwala last year at the same meeting, La Chardafon, ran a 44.01, which was then the African record. That obviously got beaten by, by Wade Fanikak on, on Saturday. And on Sunday, at the same meeting, La Chardafon, Makwala runs a 43.72, which is completely out of the blue. He hasn't run sub-45 this whole year. And uh, Makwala, if anything, is, is very up and down. He's not consistent at all. So to me, you know, I look at Wade Fanikak in an established Diamond League race, beating the best in the world. I still think Wade, along with Kirani James, would be the two favorites for the World Championships. Well, talking about that, you talk about consistency. And what I love about a world championship or any championship year is we really do see the best athletics. And everyone is trying to time it. They're trying to get to 22 August in Beijing at peak physical condition. Wade is looking really good at the moment. I mean, we a month and, and a bit off from there, uh, maybe about six weeks in total. Beijing, IAAF World Championships, it's going to be really interesting. And for a change from a South African perspective. Yeah, well, you, um, somebody asked me if, if I think Wade can do it over three rounds. He's shown that he can. I mean, Commonwealth Games last year, you mentioned that he came second to Kirani James. Kirani James, if anything, is a bit stronger than Wade, but Wade's definitely faster. Um, so, you know, that might tell. Maybe the strength will, will be in James's fa- favor through three rounds. Um, but just incidentally, Makwala's time, getting back to that, that 43.72, is the fastest time in the 400 since, nine, uh, since 2007. Um, when Jeremy Warner was still at his best. So you mentioned lean times, and that's true. People have been struggling to run under 44 seconds. Suddenly this year, there's a bit of an explosion. Um, but yeah, it's, um, I mean, world champs looking awesome from a South African perspective. You've got Sambina, you've got Henrico Brankis, the new South African record holder in the 100, both running sub-10. You've got Anasa Jobodwana. I'm sure he's going to go sub-20 in the 200 very, very soon. And then Wade in the 400, of course. And then our long jumpers. I mean, Zark Fisser um, jumped 8.41 um, on the weekend as well, which is the new personal best for him. And that kind of distance is normally good for a medal at a World Championships. Now, you've talked a bit and you've touched on the 100 meters, and all of a sudden there's just been this fantastic revival. We saw Simon Makakwe, I think it was last year ago, set that 9.98. Uh, Henrico now has brought that down. You mentioned Simibani. There's a real good crop of 100 and 200 athletes at the moment coming out of South Africa. Definitely. We have an awesome 4 by 100 meter relay team at the moment, if you look at these guys. I mean, Enrico Brankis, you mentioned 9.97, but out of all of them, Akani Simbine is still my favorite. He ran 9.99 um, against the headwind at sea level, uh, you know, less than a week ago as well. And he's been extremely consistent. He's run, been running sub 10, 10-1 almost this whole season. So again, if you look at consistency, you look at championships, you want the guys you can do it through the various rounds. And Akani Sambine has been very consistent. And then the one we haven't mentioned too much is the is our guy in the 200, Anaso Jobodwana. He's an Olympic and World Champs finalist. Um, he struggled with injury, 
He's run a 19.87 this year, albeit with an illegal um, tailwind. And uh, he's broken Mornay Nagel's South African 200-meter record, and he's lowered that to 20.04 legally. So he's also one to watch out for. Now, you mentioned the relay. I think it's something we've always done well. We've had some decent athletes. I know in your time we had a good crop of 400 athletes, but when you came together in a relay team, we were just there and thereabouts. I know you came a couple of times just missing out on a medal at various events with relays. Mm-hmm. Looking at the 100 now and even the 400, is, is there some support around Wade that we could really start establishing ourselves and maybe getting into contention for a medal in the 100 and or 400 relay? The 4x100 relay, I think we've got the guys. You've got, um, like we mentioned, Akani Sabini, Henrico Brankis, um, Anasso Jobadwana, and then Roscoe Engel probably as the, the fourth member of that team. Roscoe Engel's been running really well this year as well, around 10-1. Um, so they've got a, a good team. And with a 4x100-meter relay, as the guys showed in Edmonton in 2001, if you execute correctly, you get your changeovers right, you know, anything can happen. Um, you need a fast team, which we have, but changeovers are so important. In the in the four by four hundred, um, you mentioned our team. We we always struggled. I mean, we had four guys who could run under forty five seconds. We should have lowered that SA record to to much lower than it was. Um, but every single time there was something going wrong. There was one athlete who either just wasn't in shape or his head wasn't in the game. He just didn't feel like running the relay, um, and that was shown in when the team came together in twenty eleven at the World Championships, and uh, a. Sl- well, slower athletes than we had broke our national record just because you had four guys who were committed. And that's very important in any relay. Um, for Wade in the, in the four by four, it's going to be difficult. Um, he's very much ahead of, of our second best runner. Um, LJ van Sales finding some form in the 400 meter hurdles. So you could potentially use him. Um, but where you're going to find your other two relay runners from is, is difficult. There are some guys who are running 45 offensive Mohawane is one. Um, John Seeliger has been running well, but they're not at the low 45 level at the moment. So we can put a team together. Whether it will be competitive will be depend a lot on whether Wade Fanica can, can run a low 43 relay split because he'll have to make up for some of the other guys. Now, athletics is very much an individual sport. I mean, you go into these world champs. Yes, I'm sure the guys are getting together. They'll get selected as the relay team. They'll practice a bit. But how much time is there really to get together and to practice those all-important transitions? As you say, we've seen massive teams in the past, the United States, Jamaica, miss out on medals because of errors in the handovers. No, look, you don't, funnily enough, you don't want to over-practice it as well because um, especially in the 4 by 4 I think I always think we can use more practice um, than we have had recently. I remember '96 when we were at the Olympics, we overpracticed it. We were actually too good, and when it came to race situations and there were unseen, unforeseen things, we we actually messed it up a little bit. On the four by one, on the other hand, you know you've got to be practiced, and it doesn't take weeks. You just need a couple of days together, you know, with a few sessions where the guys just get their their distances correct, the measuring out, you know, exactly when to start running when the other guy's coming in and making sure those handovers are as slick as possible. So they would need a few days together, and they, and they need a good coach. I mean, this is where coaching really comes into, into it in terms of the team aspect of athletics. So almost all coaches think they can coach relay changeovers, but there's a little bit of an art to it. So you, you definitely need one of the top coaches in there to, to help them with that. Well, hopefully we get that all in place because I think there's going to be a lot of interest, not only with the big international names, but all of a sudden South Africans are really going to stand up, watch the Mm. world champs and and be interested. Talking about these athletes, we've had this upturn, this rise, a few athletes coming through, and they're effectively doing it alone because unfortunately with everything that's gone on at ASA, there's just not that much support for our athletes. Mm. 
Well, ironically, um, for the last decade or so, well, let me contrast it to when we used to compete. I mean, I and, and most of my generation, we used to go to Europe. We were the first guys in, in many, many years who actually did that. And we paid our own way. We organized our own sponsors. Um, we competed in Europe. We, we luckily made, or in my case, made enough money not to get rich, but at least to be able to finance the next year's European trip. Um, and that's very much what we did. Then we seem to have a generation of youngsters in the last decade or so who, who I call it, used Athletic South Africa as a crutch. They were constantly asking for handouts. They constantly expected Athletic South Africa to pay everything for them um, and use it as an excuse that they couldn't compete because they weren't getting enough support. In the last few years, with all the stuff going on at Athletic South Africa, the fact that they have no money to speak of whatsoever, actually meant that these athletes now realize that they can't use Athletic South Africa as a crutch and they can't ask for handouts all the time and they are uh, dependent on themselves and they have to start running their, their careers or athletics careers as a business. And since they've started doing that, they've just started doing better and better and better. The other thing that I think helped them this year was um, there were no dictates from the Federation. We always had the things that you have to compete in so many local meetings, you have to compete in essays. And really, the only thing Athletic South Africa said this year is that they would like you to compete at the national championships, which meant that these athletes could plan their seasons much better around a European season. So the top guys didn't feel like they had to run fast in February. They have to run fast now, and it's exactly what they're doing. So, no, they're not getting any support um, from the federation. But in a sense, in a weird sense, that's actually helped them, I think, rather than hindered them. Well, that's very interesting to hear, and it's a good point, and it's, I think, a good thing, as you've touched on. And just lastly, as you said, that changing the rules is support, You know, not making the guys come race in these events that they don't need to at the wrong time. I think I agree with you. is a fantastic decision. Arno, just lastly, before we let you go, um, you know, you've got a picture here on Skype when you were a little bit younger, still had a six-pack. <laughs> But uh, you're still in pretty good shape. What, how do you keep yourself fit these days? Well, actually, that picture is to remind me that I used to have a six-pack and I want to get back. <laughs> um, and ironically, I started um, decided I want to start training a little, little bit again, but I'm a sprinter at heart, so I don't, I don't like the, the plodding on the road sometimes. So uh, it's hard for me to go out for long runs and stuff. So I started training in September last year, but then I injured my knee, and I actually had a knee operation in February. Nothing too serious, just removed some cartilage. Um, but I started running again, you know, doing gym, etc. literally three weeks ago, just to try and get myself back into shape. Um, so, yeah, I'm doing a couple of park runs and a little bit of gym. And, and when I can get to a track, which is not very often, I like going to do some repetitions and stuff over there as well. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's basically me. But just maybe as a, as a last mention, um, we mentioned that the top athletes aren't getting the support and it might be, you know, helping them. The downside of the support not being there from Athletic South Africa is that we're lacking depth. Our second generation of athletes who can't afford or don't have the pedigree to get to Europe and run in these kind of competitions are falling away. So it doesn't actually let the Federation off the hook that they're not supporting these guys as much. We do need that level of support to to create the depth in and the next tier of athletes in our country. Well, well said, Arno, and thank you very much uh, for your time today. I had a butter bean salad for lunch in anticipation for my oxtail. I'm going to have a little bit of red wine with that. <laughs> but my point is, hopefully, come the end of World Champs, we'll both be able to toast some South African success. Yeah, that'll be awesome. And I, I really hope at least, well, I, I think some of these guys will get in the medals. Maybe the long jumpers, almost definitely Wade van Ikak. In fact, I'm hoping he gets the gold. But I hope some of those sprinters, Jobo Dwane, um, Sambine or Brankis, also gets amongst the medals.
Well, thanks again, Arne Maheba. Fantastic having you with us. That World Championships, the Athletics World Championship, gets underway in Beijing on the 22nd of August. Don't miss it. It really is going to be an exciting one from a South African perspective. Thanks for joining us on the Run Talk SA um, podcast. From myself, David Katz, Mr. Active, I'll catch up with you again next week.